0: We are doing Uddhav Gita, we had completed till verse 35 from the first chapter, so we are going to continue from verse 36 onwards. Now this is Uddhav Gita, chapter 1, verse 36. Bathing in which place Chandra, the moon, who was afflicted with consumption by Dakshas curse, was instantaneously cured of his evil and again had his digits restored. This verse talks about another story. So Krishna is telling his people, that means everybody from the Yaduvansh, that we have to go to another place and that place is called Prabhasa. So when you go to that place and you bathe in that particular lake all your sins are going to get expiated. They will get removed. And once they are removed then whatever may happen to them after that they will still get liberation. So Krishna is talking about a very beautiful story here. Now, I will have to give you the story. Before Uddhav Gita happened, Chandra, Chandra as you know is the third part of Tatadre. Right? Now, when Chandra was motivated sexually, He went and kidnapped the wife of the Gurus of Gods. Okay. And he kidnapped his wife and with her he had a son, Buddha. Now, it was a very wrong thing to do. Everybody was upset. How can Chandra do this kind of a thing? So finally, she was taken back. But Chandra was still highly motivated because he wanted to have a release. Now once, you know in our life, when the mind takes over, if you see, moon is connected to the emotions in human beings, isn't it? And moon, emotions connected to mind again. We are so much ruled by what goes on in our mind. Now, in Moon's case, it so happened that he was so much sexually motivated. So, he wanted to do something about it. So, he went and he got hold of the daughters of Daksha Prajapati. Alright. 27 daughters of his. Now, these particular daughters that we are talking about are constellations. And he went and impregnated all of them, but there was one whom he was very much keen on. And that is called Rohini Nakshatra. Alright? Now Rohini was very beautiful and he kept on being with her constantly. You know, we have heard of so many stories in the uh, in the mythical world where there are two, three wives and the one who looks good, the one who has got a lot to offer in terms of assets and all, the person is more inclined towards this person. Right? So, Moon was very much attracted by Rohini. These 27 other girls constellations, they were very upset. They went and complained to their father. Look at him. See, look at him. He is only interested in this one person. You should do something about it. So Daksha Prajapati got very angry. And when he got very angry, he went and cursed moon. Now, you know, the curses are actually playing out today also. You have seen the moon becomes waxing and waning of the moon happens. Hmm? There is Amvasha, zero and there is Purnima. Moon is at the highest peak. So he grows and he becomes smaller. He grows and he becomes smaller. So, moon had to go and meet Shivji and then do his Tapascharya. So that the curse can get removed. In another story, he was told to take bath in this particular place called Prabhasa. And it is only when he took bath in Prabhasa that his curse was removed a little bit. So you will find that instead of the moon completely going off, he again comes back and becomes a Puranima. He becomes full moon. Right? And then after that he again wanes and becomes, he becomes invisible. So this is a kind of a thing which keeps on happening continuously and this is the story Krishna is talking about. Now in this particular lake called Prabhasa, if somebody were to take bath, then there would be expiation of whatever curses and whatever problems that they have and that is the reason, reason why he says to all his kinsmen Krishna says to all his kinsmen bathing in which place Chandra the moon who was afflicted with consumption by Dakshak's curse was instantaneously cured of his evil and again had its digits restored that means from becoming Zero, that means amvasha. to still growing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and and becoming full moon, right? So, this was, the, the curse was to disappear completely, but he came back and the cycle continues. That is why we call it the lunar cycle. The Indian astrology works on lunar cycles. Not on solar. The western astrology works on solar cycles. Alright? Where sun is the main thing and here moon is the main. So, I hope you got the story. So, this is verse 36 where the explanation for why this lake is so very important was given. Now, yesterday... Before I ended the satsang, I had said that I am going to discuss a very important theory. Why time is so very important, isn't it? I said that you got to pay attention to time. And you got to do certain things in a certain manner and never procrastinate. So I am going to give you one example. And this example is, I will take two places in a certain country. Now let us say if I take two places, say New York City and on the other side, San Francisco. Right? Now one is in one end and the other one is in the other end. Now suppose you were to stay in New York. how much time would it take for you to traverse from New York to San Francisco depending on the modes of transport or the way you go about it. So, one of you will say, I will take a flight. It may take 3-4 hours, I think. So, I can reach uh, SFO in, say, 3-4-5 hours, maybe max. Max. From my house in New York, I can reach over there. The other person may say, no, I will take a train. The train takes longer. It takes two days, three days, four days, depending on the the number of hauls that you are taking and so on and so forth. One of you may say, I will take a car and go. Now, when you take a car, you don't go one stretch to the other stretch all at once, no? You keep on stopping at different, 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 different locations. Isn't it? So what do you do? You take number of halls. You have to fill fuel. You have to eat your breakfast, lunch, dinner. You have to stay for the night at some places. Right? Maybe you'll stay in some motels. Maybe you'll take a break in the middle somewhere. Maybe you'll say, you know, Oh, I want to see this place and I want to see that place. So when you're driving down by car, Maybe you take a month. So these are certain ways of reaching from one place to another. A yogi may say, I will walk down. (laughs) He starts walking. But then we don't know. There are some people who may take a different route. They will start from New York. They will go to London. And then from London, they may come to New Delhi. From New Delhi, they may come to Tokyo. And from Tokyo, they may go to, say, Hong Kong and then go back to SFO, that is San Francisco. Now, it may take them three years or four years. So, what was I discussing about? Moving from New York to San Francisco is called two points of destiny. You start at one and end at another. You are destined to go from one place to the other. This is called destiny. Destiny is also destination, you know. From one place to another is destination. You reach your destination. But, how much time you take to reach from one place to another is the free will. So translate it into destiny and free will. So how much time would it take for you to perform a task? You have a certain task to perform. Let us say you are supposed to complete your graduation from say Harvard or Stanford or one of those places. One individual may take say 24 years or so to do. Another may take 30 years and someone will maybe not complete it at all but may go over there at the age of 50. And may get an honorary doctorate or something like that. Isn't it possible? So how much time it has taken every individual to go from one place to the other. So whenever I am explaining this, let me put it in your perspective. The perspective is, the first perspective is to start from one place and end at another place. means you have a certain things to perform which is as per the prarabdha karma. You have a certain duties to do, certain things to pay off. See, even the bank gives you a certain amount of time to pay off your loans, isn't it? They say that we are giving you, say, 12 months to pay. So equated monthly installments divided 12. So every month you pay a certain installment and you pay by the 12th month everything. Now, it may so happen that you say, you know, it is okay, I will, you know, continue the loan further. And maybe instead of paying it in 12 months, you may pay it in 2 years, 24 months. What is happening in between? Are you not paying enough number of fines over there? Sometimes the bank is going to say that we need the money upfront itself. So, there may be a too many things which may happen. Now, instead of, there will be some, some of you who may say, why should I wait for 12 months? Just now I have received a big amount. Can I pay it in two months itself? Right? So, there are certain number of people who will say, I will finish it in two months. One of you may say, I will take it on my credit card. I get a clear 45 days for payment and I will clear my dues. I don't even have to pay any interest to anybody. Some of you may do this kind of a thing, isn't it? So now think about it, New York to San Francisco. Somebody does it in the shortest point in time. Somebody does it after a very long period in time. Why am I taking such a long time to explain? It's very simply this. The more amount of time that you take to reach your destiny, the more amount of regular karmas you are performing which are called Kriyaman. Kriyaman means futuristic. Example, I gave you an example where the person goes from New York to London and from the ending he goes to New Delhi and then he goes to Tokyo and then Hong Kong and then San Francisco. I said all these things and it takes that person four years. So when he starts from say New York and goes to London, aren't there so many karmas that are happening along the way? He may join another company. He may meet more people. He may hate his boss. He may have to get married or maybe he may have to meet some other person. You know, something or the other keeps on happening. There may be too many fights. There may be too many issues. So he has to move from one country to another, to another, to another. But finally, when he ends up in San Francisco, he has completed the destination point journey, which is called Prarabdha karma, prarabdha says he is supposed to reach to this destination, and he has reached that destination. Now, assume if a person does it in five hours, how many karmas may get? You know, he may perform. There is the new ones which is called kriyaman or agami karma. Very less. Because he is going to the airport, he may just meet his Uber driver, and from there he just enters the terminal, sits inside his plane, gets off without speaking to anybody, he doesn't even talk, he just may go to sleep. He might have performed just five karmas, you know, five or ten. But someone who takes one month to travel in a you know, some kind of a journey, maybe a train, he takes. He meets so many people, he talks to so many people, so on and so forth. Now let us say, when the person is travelling by car, he is taking his wife along, just assume this. How many bickerings are going to be there? How many fights are going to be there? We should have taken this, you know, we just because of you, you thought you know this place is going to be like this, it's so hot, you don't know, this is happening, that is happening. We should have arranged for this, blah, 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 blah. So much and there is so much of angst and fights and this and that. I told you to stop over there, you know, you missed that particular joint. That's a very good place to eat food. But you thought that you want to cover for some more distance. Why are we staying in this horrible motel? You couldn't find anything better? Do you see this whole point keeps on happening? Too much of talk, too much of problems, too much of... Things that are going to happen, and it takes maybe a month or two to reach from one end to the other end. Finally, you have made it to the destination. You are supposed to reach there. But how many karmas might have happened? Tens of thousands. And now you have taken four years to reach. How many karmas might have taken place, which are called the agami kind of ones? More than a million. Do you know the very simple theory of karma is to repay back. If you take one rupee from someone, you are supposed to repay back that. Now you have taken one million karmas on your head. Are you not supposed to pay them back? Can you pay them in this life? No. That means you may have to pay them over lifetimes. So are you not sanctioning yourself so many lifetimes? And this is something which you need to understand. If you are told to do certain thing by destiny, please do it ASAP. Fast. Finish it off. Get on with it and go ahead. I have many students of mine who have been very clearly told, you know, do this. But they have never heard they use their mind and they do the same thing over a period of 5 years and 10 years. How many Kriyaman karmas they have performed? First by saying no, procrastinating, not doing things in time, not listening to destiny, they will finally end up doing the same thing. Remember this. Everybody ends up reaching that destination alone. But they have used their ego, mind, everything. Just like Chandra used. Now you understood why he got cursed during the digit phases. He becomes smaller and then he becomes bigger. The expiation cannot be done in one life. So you need multiple lives to remove that. Suppose you are told, apply to UCLA. Right now. And the person says, Yeah, I will do it. And then what happens is, then the date goes away. Oh, I am so sorry, you know, I forgot to apply. I will do it next year. And this person then doesn't apply. And then when next year comes, the person says, I will only apply to UCLA. I won't apply anywhere else. Hasn't one year gone by? You mean to say karma hasn't happened? You think Maya is just sitting over there saying, it's okay, it's okay, you can apply. I'm sorry, that is not how it's going to work. So what happens is, Maya says, You have taken your own sweet time now, let me take my own sweet time. And the person ends up in another university instead of UCLA. Maybe in England. Got it? And when the person goes to England, does some silly course, and then comes back and says, You know what? I never got that UCLA. Well, destiny will still drive you to that place. But how many years later? Because you have procrastinated, you know how many years it will take because Maya is now in between you and that destination. So, Maya plays with the mind. And it gives you a fantastic different story and you don't end up over there for many years. Maybe 20 years of your life you just waste. Waste in the sense you perform a lot of Kriyaman karmas which you will anyway have to expiate somewhere in your future lives. So why are you sanctioning yourself more and more lives? This is a question which is extremely important that you got to ask yourself why does a person procrastinate? Why they cannot do the things when they are told to do? Why do you want to challenge destiny? Challenging destiny means no, I will do it tomorrow, you know, day after tomorrow. Why day after tomorrow? Why next day? When you do certain things in the nick of time, in the same time as it is told to you, Without thinking, you do not perform any karma. What happens at that point in time, when you just do the action and not think about it, you are doing something really very fantastic. You are doing Nishkam Karma. Karma which doesn't convert itself into any more Agami or Kriyaman. Nothing. You just finish it off. So you have terminated anything that would have caused you future births. The Guru's job is to always guide the students. The Guru is always going to say to the students, here, I am telling you this, please do this. The Guru doesn't keep on poking and prodding all the time. He just says once or twice at the most and he says, don't do this or do this. But the mind doesn't hear anything. It is lost in itself. It's like just now when I'm teaching you, you will find that there are lots of things you are thinking of just now. You're not listening to me but you are thinking oh my god I must have done something like this that is why I didn't get that admission in this college oh my god I did this oh you are thinking again you are thinking and your mind is going you know at, at a million miles per hour why are you not paying attention pay attention destiny will finally pull your ears and take you to that same place remember this why do you want destiny to drag you to that particular spot So I have given you literally 15 minutes of talk on how you are supposed to not procrastinate. So please do not procrastinate in doing anything which you can do right there and then. Do not bring on additional karmas and lifetimes of births and deaths. We are doing Uddhava Gita chapter 1. We are proceeding to verse 37 and 38. We too, bathing there, offer libations of water to the mains and gods, feeding gifted brahmanas with excellent food, and respectfully offering gifts to these worthies, shall by means of these gifts get over our sins like crossing the sea by means of boats. This verse again explains a lot of theories which most of you may find it very interesting. So listen to it. I will read the verse once again for your benefit. We too. Krishna is telling his kinsmen the Yaduvansh people Yadus we are supposed to take a bath over there. We are supposed to offer libations in the water to the men's and the gods. People who have died your old, you know, purvach, as we say, like Yadus, previous to them, forefathers, as we call them, means. And gods, feeding gifted Brahmanas, this is when you feed Brahmanas, with excellent food, and respectfully offering gifts to the worthies, shall by means of these gifts, get over our sins like crossing the sea by means of boats. So Krishna is giving a very important lesson to all the yadus over there. Yadavas. What is he saying? First and foremost he says, please take a bath. If I have to ask you a question, how many of you are sitting over here without taking a bath? (laughs) There will be a lot of you who are going to slink away and say, Oh! Well, the answer is this. Before you do any important activity in your life, please take a bath. Bath removes all your previous carry forwards in your mind as well as on the body. Whatever that Junk that you are carrying in your mind, whatever junk that you carry on your body, that gets removed. Water is a very important medium for removal of all the dirt from the mind as well as from your body. So always take a bath before you do anything important. While you are taking your bath. What are the laws that you are supposed to follow? You will tell me, oh, I use a soap, I use a body wash, I use this, I use We are not talking about body washes over here. We are not talking about shampoos. No, we are talking about something that happens while you are taking the bath. Have you noticed in some of the videos that you might have seen in YouTube, People, those who take bath in the river, they take water like this and offer it like this. They take water in their hands and offer it like this. They take water in their hands and offer it like this. They cup it and then they offer, isn't it? What exactly are they doing? Offering libations of water to the manes and the gods. Water also carries a lot of impurities, you know that, isn't it? You know water carries impurities? Would you like to take a bath in the Ganga river where the Manikarnika ghat is next to you? You know what? You will say, oh my God, they are going to throw all the dead bodies in it and all that ash and this and all the dead bones and stuff like that might be dropped in the river. This is the way you are going to talk about. And you will say, this river is so dirty. Nobody has cleaned the Ganga over a period of time. So many thousands of crores of rupees have been spent. How many of you are thinking like this? I think literally everybody in India and the world says, Ganga is a dirty river. In Singapore, when they can drink the toilet water after purification, they are allowed, huh? I mean, you can drink all the dirty water. And there are countries in the Middle East where they are bringing in this sea water, purifying it I and mean, making it potable and then drinking it. Sea water, is it good for drinking? There are rivers wherever they are starting from. There may be places where they start from is one of the worst places on earth. And yet, at the end of the day, we are still using that water at home. You may say, no, 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 no. I have used purification systems. I have done this, I have done that. Do you think purification or trying to put some things in the water so that the water gets cleaned and all that, that is not how things work, yes, you may say that you are drinking pure water, clean water. Do you know there is a disease which happens by clean water? Mosquitoes which breed in clean water? You know there is a disease called dengue? D-N-G-U-E. Huh? Isn't it? A dengue, dengue, whatever you call it. It happens because of, you know, mosquitoes which sit on clean water. Do you think clean water doesn't have problems? See, the idea that water is pure and clean is only in your mind. One day when I had gone near the Ganga river, okay, and I was sitting in a place where I had met my Gurudev for the first time. There I saw a small boy coming reaching out with one small bottle, filling the bottle over there with water and drinking it just casually. He didn't purify it. He didn't go and say, oh, I need filtration system and this and that. He never did anything like that. When I climbed to and Logar Fort, there was a water tank which was thousands of years old. Or maybe hundreds of years old, I don't know. Water was accumulated in that and I felt very thirsty and I drank the water from that. And I'm still alive. <laughs> Nothing happened to me. So do you understand water also carries a lot of vibrations or as we say, things which we cannot understand. So what are you supposed to do before you take a bath? Or before you drink the water? just take the glass offer it to the gods just say like this and maybe pour a little Hmm? it is like offering to one the gods to the dead people why you think dead people cannot become ghosts and go inside water (laughs) think about it I am just joking but think about it and there ghosts inside water well, I don't know, no. <laughs> so maybe the dead, dead people. I see dead people. You have heard this sentence before, you know, <laughs> Shyamalan's movie, like that. The water also carries a lot of vibration, lot of things which may go wrong. So first, we got to offer whatever that we are doing, whatever water you are going to use, offer it to the gods and the mains. So offering means here god i am offering this water to you remember i had told you offering will remove a lot of karmic loops inside when you offer it to the gods the gods are the ones which who now own that another example i'll tell you suppose you have a very beautiful now you bought a good phone and you are given it to your son or daughter right So when you give this particular instrument to your son or daughter, can you go and claim it next day and say, this is mine. Can you say that? No. You will say, this is my son's phone. Isn't that how you will say? Isn't it? So when I offer the water to the gods and the mains, the water becomes whose? It becomes the gods' water. And that is the reason why karma doesn't come to me. It doesn't come and stick to me. Now God is giving it to me for using it. So when your son gives you the phone to use it for the moment to call somebody or send a message to somebody. Does it still belong to you? No. It belongs to your son. Got it? So if it belongs to your son. Nothing from that particular phone is yours. Neither the you know the number of people that you have put up in you know your data book and so on and so forth, everything in your WhatsApp is your sons, it's not yours. Everything belongs to the sun. In the same way, when I offer water to the gods and the mains, can you see what is happening? The water is theirs. And we are only going to use it for a time being, for a little purpose. So, when Krishna says to his kinsmen, Yadavas, saying that you take a bath but offer it first to the gods and the mains so that it doesn't carry karmic lu. When the phone belongs to your son, anything that is there in that phone belongs to your son, correct? Like that, if I offer the water to the gods and the mains, Anything that is there inside the water belongs to them. Not mine. So if it is not mine, I don't perform any karma. It's a very simple way of understanding this. Feeding gifted brahmanas. Please remember one thing. Giving food to a hungry soul is the greatest gift to mankind you can do. So please Whenever you see any hungry person, please feed that person. Got it? It may be a homeless person. Does not matter. Just feed that person. Give something to eat. When you feed someone, the Lord is very happy. Even if you think the Lord is not looking at you, but that person whom you are feeding is going to give you his gratitude, his thanks, isn't it? So in the same way, you have to be happy. Right? I was reading a comment made by someone. A person was staying in a hotel. Every day, she would go and come to office. One day, when she came to the hotel, she found some flowers over there. So she went and asked the floor manager or floor person who was there, yeah, why are there flowers here today? So she, this person said, see, I see you coming every single day, tired. And I want you to feel happy. That is why I kept these flowers over there, so that you will look at them and feel happy about it. So was there gratitude in that person? Of course. Such a good service. Well, the flowers do not belong to that person who kept it. The flowers belong to the hotel or whoever it is. But the thought, I have done something good. is very good. It's very, very important. You have to perform good deeds. Not with an idea of an expectation that oh, the person is going to say thank you. Not required. Do you get the point? It's not important. So it is not important for the person to expect thank you. You just have to do your job. You know, I just explained to your nishkam karma. You are supposed to do your job and not expect a thank you. Oh, that person didn't even come and thank me. Don't expect that. When you give food to somebody, don't expect thanks. You just give food and move on. So he says, feeding gifted brahmanas with excellent food, good food. You know how petty minded people are? When they have to give flowers to their dear ones, they will buy the most expensive flowers. Hundreds, rupees worth, hundreds, two 500 rupees worth of flowers. Happy birthday, ma, happy birthday, dad, happy birthday, my boyfriend, my girlfriend. But when it's a question of giving to someone who is not a relative of yours, who is not even their boyfriend or girlfriend, then what happens to the person? They will want to have the cheapest of the flowers. And they will go and argue with that person over there. The flower person, the person they will argue with. They will say, oh, you are giving only this much hand for 5 rupees. I am mean, uh, 20 rupees. I get it for 5 rupees in market. Why are you making that kind of a distinction? Yes, you have to be prudent about it. Even when you are buying flowers for your boyfriend or girlfriend, you should be prudent. If the person is saying 500 rupees for the flower, you can say, give it to me for 300 but here the poor man is saying give one hand of you know that flowers for 20 rupees and you are arguing and saying you get it for 5 rupees and 10 rupees in the marketplace. How much is that person going to make? See the number of flowers they are having. You understand this is a poor man. Don't argue. Here you can say give it to me for 15 rupees. But don't try to cut that person's throat. It's not good. You be prudent with all these rich idiots. Okay? Go to the biggest of the store and argue your head off and get good discounts. But don't go to a small place and argue over stupid issues. You know, when people go and argue over why you cannot give me kadipatta with my vegetables or why you cannot give me so much of kothmiri kothmiri and kadipatta means curry leaves. Curry leaves and kothmiri means uh, what? Coriander. Cilantro as we call it. Coriander. coriander. Give me so much of coriander free. I bought 200 rupees worth of vegetables. Or oh, you are entitled for the coriander. Can you go and do that in a departmental store where you are buying the same vegetables for 500 bucks? You will never argue because there is nobody to argue with. But that, oh, it is nicely packaged. It was done like this. Why is this kind of a differentiation? So here Krishna is saying feeding gifts to the Brahmanas with excellent food. The food has to be good. Don't try to save, try to save money by giving some nonsensical food. So when Panditji's come to your house, no, don't buy cheap kind of stuff for him. Some people come for puja. I mean, I'm saying this in Hindi, but see, understand what I'm saying. Oh, this guy is useless. Why should we buy rice for 70 rupees a kilo? We'll buy him 25 rupees kilo rice. This is how petty minded we are. No. Give excellent food. Respectfully offering gift to the worthies. Those who deserve to be given gifts, please offer them gifts. You should... When you go to somebody's house, please take a small gift for them. Even Guruji, when you come to Guruji's house, I am not saying that you are supposed to bring some uh, thousand dollars worth of something. No, you can buy some hundred rupees or fifty rupees worth of kelas, you know, plantains or bananas and bring. It's okay. Don't come just shaking your hands. It is for expiation of your sins, your karmas. That is important. Come with something little. It might be one small pair of, you know, some small thing. It does not matter. Few bananas will do. It's not going to kill you. Isn't it? If you are earning lakhs of rupees, can you not bring some few apples and give? I am not asking for it. I am telling you what Krishna is saying over here. When you go to somebody bigger, worthies as we call them, worthy people, you should ensure that you are giving something to them. So give some small gift. Alright? Oh, this is a function where only ladies are to be given gifts. Men don't, they don't deserve gifts. If you have heard some people talk like this, I think it is wrong. Why are you trying to make a distinction? A woman are to be given gifts, a men are not to be given. And women are given you know, that tikka and all that, and oh, you're Savashin and this and that, and the men, hey, 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 not important. Don't make that distinction. If you are giving gifts, just be gracious and do it. It's important to be gracious while giving gifts. Got it? And be kind-hearted. Alright? So don't come shaking hands. Alright? Always ensure that you are giving some gifts. Shall by means of these gifts get over our sins. Like crossing the sea by means of boats. Krishna is very clearly saying this thing over here. When you offer food to the people who deserve to be given food. That means the poor people, those who are hungry, Brahmanas, people, those who are needy, give them that. And the worthies, that means elderly people, big people, could be anybody, give them gifts. Don't say, I just came by the flight, you know, I don't have any gifts to give you. (laughs) I've heard people say that. It does not matter. You are, you are crossing the airport, just bring one small packet of some, you know, one sweets or something. Maybe a chocolate, a Cadbury chocolate is not a big deal, no? 30 rupees, 50 rupees, you can bring, isn't it? <laughs> Your Guruji loves Cadbury chocolate, so you can bring. <laughs> it's a joke, okay. So let me put it this way. That gift, what does it do? The food that you gave, the gift that you gave, the oblation of the water that you offered, all these things put together. They get over your sins, your karmas. It is like crossing the sea by means of boats. These gifts, this food that you offered, right? these oblations that you did, the feet touching that you did, when you touch the feet of some elderly people, It will help you remove the sins, the karmas from your life. And don't have any expectation that I am not going to do this. They don't deserve it. It's not about deservability. If somebody is there and you have to do it, please do it. So we have come to the end of verse 37-38 from Uddhav Gita chapter 1. In these two verses, The first one which I did, 36, Krishna talks about this place called Prabhasa is very important because the sins of Chandra were removed. So when he takes bath over there, the sins are expiated. Then he says in the next verse, 37 and 38, Bathing in this particular water, giving oblations to the mains and gods, feeding people, Gifting Brahmanas with excellent food, respectfully offering gifts to worthy people, you will be able to, with the help of these gifts, remove sins from your life, remove the karmas that have happened to you. It is not a bribe. So don't think it's a bribe. You need to remove the karma so that you don't come back again and again to repay the debts. Right? I have explained this. Thing in detail to y'all. I'll see y'all next time. Next week we will do verse 39 onward.